Hello and welcome to Where's My Mind Today. I'm your host, Chloe Ostagai, and this is episode two. Last episode, we talked about Donald Trump and why you should avoid voting for Donald Trump, so check out that episode if you haven't already. I was super awkward, like I am this time, because I have never uh, written a script for a podcast and I have never recorded a podcast, so I am fully aware of how awkward I sound on the recordings. But today we're going to talk about Joe Biden and the reasons that you should vote for him and should be excited to vote for Joe Biden. Um, Before I started researching for this episode, I wasn't very excited about Joe Biden. Um, I was only going to vote for him because I don't like Donald Trump, and I explained my reasons for not liking Donald Trump in the last episode. But this time I'm going to talk about Joe Biden as a candidate of his own, rather than talking about him in terms of Donald Trump, in terms of like settle for Biden and vote blue no matter who. I want to talk about him as an individual candidate because I think he deserves it. I think a lot of us give him less credit than he deserves. So I'm going to talk about his life experience, his opinions on certain political issues, and also I'm going to talk about him in in the context of present day. Like I did with, with Donald Trump, I talked about what Donald Trump has done in present day that makes me think that he needs to be booted out. And this time I'm going to talk about what Joe Biden is, his beliefs, and why I believe that those need to be brought in. So we're going to start with his life experience. I know that this does not match up with the, with the Donald Trump episode, because last episode I talked about how Donald Trump has poor morals. This time I'm going to talk about Joe Biden and his complicated history as a person, um, as a politician, because he actually was a politician before he became um, a presidential nominant, nominee? Yeah, presidential, I don't know why I said nominant, <laughs> presidential nominee, and Donald Trump wasn't. So that is why there's a little bit of disparity between the two episodes, but I'm trying to, to match them so that you can compare the two people. So I'm going to start with his life experience and a list of his accomplishments and also some of his failures because he has, because he has been a politician since 1973, Joe Biden has made mistakes and I have to recognize that he's made mistakes in order to show that he's improved. He's like a character in a TV show that has changed for the better and I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. So Joe Biden was elected as the sixth youngest senator in U.S. history at age 30, which is the youngest age that you can be to be a senator. Uh, And he was a senator for 36 years for the state of Delaware um, until 2009 when he became vice president under President Obama. So the first thing that a lot of people know about Joe Biden is that the whole train thing, a lot of people know about his his perspective on, on transportation and trains because right before he was elected to the Senate and became a senator, his family was in a car accident and his wife and his daughter died tragically. And that forever changed his life. He mourned over it for, for I mean, he's still mourning over it. But the, the thing that came out of that was that he had to question whether or not he should be a senator because he had to take care of his two sons that survived the car accident. And so he decided that instead of of giving up on his career as a senator, he was going to both be a senator and be a dad. So he took the 90-minute Amtrak train from Delaware to D.C. every single day to take care of his two sons and also be a senator at the same time. So this creates two things. This creates a good father in Joe Biden, but it also creates a good senator because he was in the state of Delaware every single day. He saw constituents constantly. He was able to form relationships with the people that he was representing. And for a lot of people, that is incredibly important. I live in the state of Massachusetts. There is a representative named Richard Neal, 
who is known specifically for never being in the state of Massachusetts. He's never there to represent the people that he is supposed to represent. And I think for a lot of people, that is really, really disappointing. Another thing that Richard Neal does that Joe Biden doesn't do is he takes a lot of money from corporations. And Joe Biden is was, at the very, very beginning of his career as senator, the, and I quote, second poorest member in Congress because he had almost no outside income. He was just a senator. He was getting the salary of a senator. And so he was consistently pushing for campaign finance reform from the very, very beginning. And so that's another thing that I think is really important to being a good senator. He didn't take a lot of money from outside people, and he was always around his constituents. So those are the two benefits to his his Senate campaign. I'm going to talk a little bit about his mistakes that he's made while he was a senator. Um, I don't want to focus on this too much because it really is, this episode is more about why you should like Biden, but there are some things that we have to consider when we discuss Biden as a person. Um, he has previously been opposed to gay marriage. He was part of the vote uh, for Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And at the time, that was a progressive movement for for LGBT rights. But now we obviously see that as a very outdated concept, where why are you forcing people in the closet, basically? So he was opposed to gay marriage until, I think, 2015. Just a note after editing that it was 2012, not 2015. Sorry about that. He has uh, been racist in the past. He was pro-bus segregation when um, when that was still a thing. And I, I believe Kamala Harris, his vice presidential nominee, she has really heavily criticized him for this. Um, I looked up why he was so pro-segregation at the time, and it was not, to him, a racist thing, although we see it now as a racist thing. It was because his constituents in Delaware wanted to continue to go to the schools that they were currently going to. And that's obviously, that's, that's, a, that's a very clear argument that white people have for bus integration, against bus integration, essentially, because they want to be able to continue to go to the schools that they're going to, and they don't want to be bused to another part of the town to go to a different school that might not be as good. And so he was listening to his constituents in that way, and that was why he was fighting for bus segregation. Um, He said that it was fine for racial integration, but that he did not think that they should have busing from one part of the city to another. So that is another mistake that he's made. He also voted for the Iraq War, I believe, which is another thing that a lot of people see as a mistake. So those are some mistakes that he's made. Here are a couple of things that I think redeem him. Um... He was the co-sponsor of the Violence Against Women Act with a Republican, which really does show that he is able to cooperate with other people from the opposite side. Um, And for those of you who don't know what the Violence Against Women Act is, it uh, supports grant programs that support women, and then it also supports tribes to help end domestic violence and sexual assault against Native American women. It essentially collaborates the U.S. government with the Native American territories. to collaborate on sexual assaults and and ensure that they're properly prosecuted. And then also this act created a more coordinated response to sexual assault and domestic violence between law enforcement, doctors, victim services, prosecutors, etc., etc., etc. So essentially the Violence Against Women Act was an act that really furthered education on sexual assault and, and allowed for that to be 
um, handled a lot better in the United States. I know that it still uh, has a long way to go, but at the time, this was really furthering education and furthering protection for women. So then he became vice president in 2009 until 2017. So he was vice president for eight years. He was for two terms. And he, this was something that I found really interesting that I found on his Wikipedia. And I thought that this was a story that I wanted to share to show that he obviously has changed his opinion on gay marriage, because I think a lot of people think that he just changed his mind because he wanted to get with the times. And I don't believe that that's the case because of this one story that I found. So I guess essentially... In 2012, Joe Biden and I think it was 2012, but don't quote me on that. Um, Joe Biden and, and Barack Obama were planning on announcing their um, their approval for same sex marriage, essentially, which I don't that that's maybe a poor word to use, but their approval for same sex marriage. But um, Joe Biden publicly stated it before the two of them were supposed to, um, which uh, supposedly, allegedly, Obama was a little bit upset about, at him for because he was at a rally and I guess suddenly he got very passionate about it and he decided to say that he was um, a proponent for same-sex marriage. So I think that that really does show that that even though he had a plan to announce his policy and his, his opinion on it, instead he just kind of came out and said it because he really felt strongly about it. So I thought that that was, that was really um, important to talk about. So now I'm going to move on to present-day Biden and his perspective on certain policies and and issues. So if you want to learn more about this, because he has so many different policies and plans for so many different things, you can go to joebiden.com slash joes dash vision, which has like so many plans. He has a plan for literally everything and you can read through all of them and you can, you can find different documents for different things that might really, really interest you. Personally, I'm going to go through um, criminal justice reform, immigration, healthcare, LGBT rights, and women, and then environment. So I know that these are not all of the scope of all issues, but I thought that it was important to summarize all of these things in order to kind of summarize him as a person. So we're going to start with criminal justice reform. A lot of people don't think of Joe Biden as the criminal justice person. They think of his running mate, Kamala Harris, as the criminal justice person. But I'm still going to talk about what his policies say on his website and what his plans are for criminal justice reform. So uh, first, he plans on shifting from incarceration to the prevention of substance abuse. Um, So he's going to have, and I thought that this was a really interesting policy. Basically, he wants to shift from incarceration to prevention of substance abuse through a grant program. So essentially funding from this 20 billion, with a B, billion dollar grant program would only occur if the state that is requesting grants has eliminated mandatory minimums on nonviolent crimes and instituted earned credit programs. And then he also says a couple of other, he says, take other steps to reduce incarceration rates, which isn't very detailed. But regardless, based on the other two things um, that are that are requirements for this grant program, um, it does seem like it would be useful for states to start to, to institute these, these policies. Um, this worked in the past with increasing the legal drinking age. So when they were trying to increase the legal drinking age from 18 to 21, they essentially said that they're, um, that funding for highways and 
and various transportation in states, like federal funding for these for, for transportation, would only come if they um, increased their drinking age. And so I think Vermont fought against it for a long time, but then they realized that they couldn't pay for their roads, so they had to get federal funding, and they increased their, their drinking age. And that's how they encouraged states to do that. Um, so this could really be a, a path to reducing incarceration rates. And then he also wants to expand federal funding for mental health and substance abuse services. Additionally, he's looking to eliminate racial disparities in criminal justice because, as we all know, Black people are disproportionately convicted of crimes they didn't commit, slash they're disproportionately convicted of crimes, period. Um, so this is the part that I think more people are interested in as far as criminal justice reform goes. So one of the, the this is, there's a long list of things that he wants to do, but essentially he wants to invest in public defender's offices to ensure quality counsel, which essentially means that he wants to invest in public defenders because poorer people are unable to pay for legal counsel and so they have to go to public defenders and oftentimes public defenders are underpaid and overworked so if you invest in their offices they're more likely to provide better counsel for these poorer people next he wants to prioritize the role of the justice department in investigating systematic systemic misconduct which is essentially when count public defenders and counsels are discriminatory towards um, certain races. He also wants to eliminate mandatory minimums, which would be incentivized using that grant program I talked about earlier. Then he wants to end the the crack and powder cocaine disparity, which was created by Reagan in in an attempt to kind of make it racist. So um, there, there's a lot of stuff about that. I would really recommend watching the documentary 13th on Netflix. It talks a little bit about the crack and powder cocaine disparity. Um, he wants to decriminalize cannabis. He does not want to legalize cannabis. He wants to decriminalize cannabis and then expunge prior cannabis use convictions. Basically, he believes that no one should be in jail for marijuana is what expunging prior cannabis use convictions are because he wants to, as I said before, shift from incarceration to prevention of abuse of substances. Um, and then he wants to reschedule weed as schedule two because right now it's schedule one along with heroin. Um, because he wants to make sure that research can be conducted on weed before it would potentially be legalized in the future. So those are some of the things that he's, he's doing to eliminate racial disparities. Additionally, he wants to eliminate the death penalty. This is something that a lot of people argue about. I don't really know what your opinion is on death, the death penalty, so I'm not going to try to sway you either way, but it is cheaper and innocent people have been sentenced to death, which is why he's looking to eliminate the death penalty. Next, I'm going to talk about immigration. So he wants to end the separation of parents from ch children at the border. So essentially um, get rid of the policy that Donald Trump currently has that would that that separates parents from children, um, which is the, the border policy he currently has. Then uh, he wants to end prolonged detention, protect dreamers and their families. So he's going to continue protecting DACA, whereas Trump is attempting to terminate it. Then he wants to rescind the Muslim bans that Trump has enacted on immigrants, which I talked about a little bit in my last episode. He wants to restore and improve the naturalization process to make it easier for green card holders to become naturalized citizens. Um, right now, I think I talked a lot about immigration when I was talking about Trump in the last episode, so I'm not going to really go into depth about this, but essentially it is really, really hard to become a citizen right now, and so he wants to make there be a an easier path to becoming a citizen. Um... 
Also, he wants to reassert his commitment or the United States commitment to refugees. So basically expand temporary protected status for populations that can't find safety in their personal countries because their countries are either at war or were ripped apart by a natural disaster like a hurricane. Um, so so that that's his immigration policy. He has quite a few things on that list that are in stark comparison with Trump because Trump is very much anti-immigration. So those are some things that I think really do affect how people plan on voting. Next, I'm going to talk about healthcare. He has an incredibly long document about healthcare on his website. I tried my hardest to go through this and dissect it. It is so freaking long. So I'm just going to, to go through the four biggest things. He wants a public insurance option. So give America a choice to buy into a public option of, so, so essentially it would be like Medicare, but you buy into it. Uh, it's similar to Pete Buttigieg when he was in the presidential, like the election for the presidential bid for, for the Democratic nominee. He kept saying Medicare for all who want it. And that's essentially what Biden believes in as well. And then he wants to lower tax premiums and extend coverage to low-income and middle-class Americans because it is known that low-income and middle-class Americans have a harder time paying for health insurance. Then um, he wants to stop surprise billing, which basically the, the explanation he uses on his website is that you could go to a hospital that is covered by your insurance, but then you wouldn't realize that the specialist is not covered by your health plan. So essentially his hope is that for surprise billing, he would bar healthcare providers from charging out-of-network rates when the patient doesn't have control over the provider they see. So if you're hospitalized and the hospital that you go to is gives you a specialist that you had no control over because you were hospitalized and you, you didn't really know what was going on, um, then they cannot bill you out of that. Your insurance cannot bill you out of network rates. That's a little bit complicated because it is a health insurance thing. And I think a lot of people, health insurance is kind of a complicated thing. So I would really recommend researching surprise billing. Then he wants to protect the right to abortion and ensure access to preventative contraception because um, Planned Parenthood right now is being defunded. So I think that that's his current idea. So that brings me into women and LGBT rights. I don't know why I said LGBT rights. It's LGBTQA plus rights. Um, I am personally bi, so I don't know why I just said it like that. Um, the LGBT part is a little bit um, smaller than the women part, so he wants to reverse the transgender military ban and support LGBT veterans because uh, Trump banned uh, transgender people from, from going into the military. And then he also wants to reaffirm that the Civil Rights Act prohibits employment discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity, because I guess the section that was related to gender identity has been reversed. So he wants to add that back into the Civil Rights Act. Then, um, as far as women go, he wants to continue the Violence Against Women Act and kind of expand it, which is the thing that he co-sponsored that I talked about earlier. And then he wants to strengthen Title IX, which would require all college administrators and staff to undergo training on how to support victims of sexual assault and violence. And next episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about what individual states have on their ballots that kind of goes into this. And there's one state that really, in particular blew my mind as far as what they're planning on doing for sexual assault and violence in their state. So look forward to that. I think it's Washington, but I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Next, environment. 
this is what a lot of people are voting on, essentially. Like, I think a lot of people are voting for Biden specifically for his environmental policy. So just to go through his environmental policy a little bit, I'm going to start just just kind of listing off things. So first, he wants to establish an environmental and climate division within the Department of Justice, which would allow for more um, regulation of corporations. Then he has vowed to rejoin the Paris Accords, which would allow us to be more on track with other countries on our environmental policy. He has very specifically uh, focused on combating pollution in disenfranchised communities within his whole plan. So he talks about water pollution and air pollution specifically in poorer communities. Um, I think he might have even mentioned Flint specifically, but one of the big things with water pollution is that he wants to designate PFAS, which I need to figure out what that stands for one second. A long word that I don't know how to say. <laughs> um, but essentially, if you want to know more about PFAS, um, there's this Vox video called How Forever Chemicals Polluted America's Water. Um, but essentially, he wants to designate these chemicals as hazardous and then enforce limits on them in the Safe Drinking Water Act. Because um, PFAS are essentially um, forever chemicals. They're, they're chemicals that, that do not um, erode over time. And I believe that they come from plastics. And so they are, they are really harmful to the human body. And so he wants to ensure that that is considered hazardous and that it is not allowed in drinking water. And then he also wants to prioritize technologies that would reduce air pollution, which I believe would include using more um, solar panels and, and different forms of energy. So if you want to know more information about this, again, I'm going to plug his website, joebiden.com slash joes vision. I'm not sponsored by Joe Biden, but I do think that it's important to be educated about him. So next, I'm just going to quickly go over why I believe that he's best for our current situation. So first of all, um, I talked a little bit about this last time, but essentially I want to discuss a little bit about the judges. So um, Trump has been able to elect two judges to the Supreme Court. And we want to ensure that he does not appoint another. He might have appointed another by the time that this episode goes out. But as of right now, he still hasn't appointed somebody to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And we're hoping that Joe Biden will be able to elect a more left-leaning judge to the Supreme Court to ensure that for the rest of our lifetime, Roe v. Wade will continue to be protected. And he is, he is committed to nominating a black woman to the seat that's currently vacated by RBG if he was allowed to. Um, I'm not sure... Right now, it's looking like Donald Trump is going to be able to push his nominee through, but if he doesn't, Joe Biden would be able to pick up that and be able to make it make it positive that we will be able to keep Roe v. Wade. And then also, if we want to have success in getting rid of the coronavirus, we need mask mandates and a president who trusts in science, which Joe Biden does. He believes in mask mandates, and he also believes in the vaccination, and I think that he would publicly spread information that is true about the virus rather than consistently providing false information like Donald Trump does. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, this outro is actually being recorded a week after I recorded that past segment. Um, I just wanted to mention that I recorded this episode prior to the debates and prior to the events of this past week. Um, so I know that a lot of this does not encapsulate my, my feelings toward Biden at this current moment and toward Trump at this current moment. Uh, but it is um, important to put this out. And I actually think that it's better that this was recorded prior to the debates 
because I think I would have had a lot to say outside of, of objective information about Biden. I understand that I was a little bit biased, but I mean, like, his policies and his personal life rather than talking about his performance in the debate and Trump's performance in the debate and stuff. So, um, yes, I just wanted to mention that so that you understood the kind of historical context of the episode that I created. Um, writing the script for this episode, I, I loved it. Um, it helped me understand my personal beliefs about Biden outside of Trump and outside of the world that I currently live in. So it was kind of unbiased, which is another reason why it's probably good that I recorded it before the debate. I'd like to give a special thank you to the members of UMass Amherst for Biden if they're watching this. I consulted with them shortly before I recorded this episode because I wanted to understand how Biden supporters feel toward him. So I included a couple of things that they mentioned, like immigration, healthcare, and um, one of them also mentioned community college. I couldn't find specific details on Biden's policy for community college, but I thought that that was important to mention. Um, I hope that this helped you guys understand uh, Biden as a candidate as much as it did for me and potentially made you more excited to vote for him because I definitely feel that way. Uh, so if you want to check out my YouTube channel, it's at Chloe Ostigai, C-H-L-O-E-O-S-T-I-G-U-Y. And you can follow me on Instagram at Where's My Mind Today. I will be posting some polls on there to uh, ask about future episodes. Not right now because this is just the election season, but in future episodes, I'll be talking about TV shows and movies, and I'd love to hear your opinions on that. Um, make sure to tune in next Tuesday. I'll be covering voting in the upcoming election. This will include like how to vote as well as some ballot questions from various states that I think are super interesting. There's one from Oregon that I think is amazing. There's a couple from California that are super interesting, but I think that it's it's worthwhile to listen to that episode. So thank you for listening, and now I'm going to roll the credits. This show is written, produced, and edited by me, Chloe Ostigai. Artwork is by Caitlin Howard. Music is by Jack Noah. You can find his social media in the description of the show or in the description below every YouTube video. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.